morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Good. You guys can take your seats. Thank you, bands. Why don't you have a sit down, have a bit of a break? You guys are looking awesome this morning. Um, before I get into it, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to the parents of our teenagers in this church. Um, you guys are inspiring. As a young mum who with young kids, you guys are inspiring and the way you guys have brought up your, um, your children, your teenagers, um, they're an absolute pleasure to lead. Thank you for trusting us with them on a Friday night and throughout the week. Um, we're really honoured by that. So um, can we give a round of applause to all the parents of our teenagers? You guys are legends. Look, I'm going to um, start off with a story with um, you all today, and it's a story about uh, my life, how I came to know God, um, and a little bit about my early years. Um, so ever all my life, I've actually believed in God. Um, I don't know, there was never a moment where I'm like, oh, God's real. I've always actually believed that he's real and that he existed. I went... Um, to a Baptist church when I was very little. Um, we called it Sunday school. So my parents would drop me off in the morning. I'd go into Sunday school. And um, one of the kids' leaders said to me at one stage, um, prayer is like a phone call. Like if you want to pray to God, like it's sort of like a phone call. You can't see him, but you can still talk to him and he talks back. So I took that literally and I grabbed my mum's old 80s phone. It was like this massive brick. Um, and I was, yeah, so I grabbed my mum's old 80s phone and I dialed 777, which if you don't know, that's a, that's a phone number to heaven, okay? So if you want to call heaven, 777, all right? So I would call heaven, I'll speak to an angel and I'm like, hey, is Jesus there? I want to speak to Jesus. And I would speak to Jesus and then I would speak to to God and the Holy Spirit and I'll talk to him all the things that four-year-olds really care about. Um, and that was just, you know, that was just the way I, it went. Um, we stopped going, I stopped going to this church um, probably when I was around five or six because we moved house and, you know, I still always believed in God but my life changed quite a bit. Um, in high school, I started getting involved in a crowd that I probably shouldn't have gotten involved in. Um, I did things I probably shouldn't have done. I won't go into details. There's kids in the room and my mum's watching online. So, hi, mum. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, you know, um, something needed to change. And at the age of 16, I started going along to a youth group. And I started learning about the redemptive love of God. I learned that I could have a relationship with Jesus. I knew he was real, but I didn't understand that God is a loving God and that he gives us our sins and we can have a relationship with him. And when I learned that, I took hold of that and I was passionate. I was passionate about God. I loved God. And so I went out and I told everyone. I told my friends about God. I told um, everyone that I could, like the neighbor, my neighbours and the person I was sitting next to on the bus, I would tell them how my life changed. And when it came to church, I was at everything. If there was something on at church, whether it be Sunday morning church, youth group, prayer meetings, connect groups, teaching nights, like youth groups, all that sort of stuff, I was there. I was pretty much there every night and I just loved it. Now this time, 
of when I was a young teenager, oh, sorry, 16, 17, I call my first love, all right? There's a time that I really learnt about God and fell in love with God. He was my first love. And that's a topic that we're going to go into today. So those taking notes, um, my title message is, Where is the love? Where is love? All right? So we're going to read Renovations 2, 1 to 5. And it says, To the angel of Church of Ephesus write, These are the words to him who hold the seven stars in his right hand and walks along the seven golden lampstands. I, um, I know your deeds and your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people and you have claimed, tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships in my name and have not gone weary. Yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen, repent and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place. Now, we're just going to unpack this scripture today. There's so much gold and we won't be able to get through everything. But first, I just want to go through four things the church was doing really well. All right? And this is four things. I feel like in when I was an early Christian and in throughout my 16, 17 years of being a Christian, I feel like I've done these four things well. Number one, it says, I know your deeds and your hard works. The Emphasis Church was a hard-working church, and God sees everything that we're doing. He sees the good, he sees the bad, and he sees the things that other people don't see. And as I mentioned before, I was at everything. I did, I served God, I served the church, and I loved it. You know, I, I, I had worked hard. The second thing that they're doing was the perseverance. The Greek word for perseverance here means steadfast endurance. And that just goes on before. It shows that they were a hard-working church and they just really went all in for God. Number three, cannot tolerate wicked people. In Acts 20, 29, verse 31, Paul gives a warning to the Emphasis Church and says that, you know, you've got to be careful of people that are teaching things that are not true. That go away from the true message of Jesus Christ. You've got to be careful of that. And they um, took a hold of that. They really took hold of that and made sure that they weren't going swaying away from the true message of Jesus. And number four is they undergone hardship and haven't gone weary. You know, in the time that I've been in the church, I've had some things that have happened that haven't been great. Why? Because church is full of people. We're not perfect. So I've been offended. But I've actually never stopped serving through offence. I kept on going. And I bet there's people here today who have gone through hard things, but you've remained faithful and you've kept on serving, you know, and that's great. But God says this, and he goes on to say, yet I hold this against you, or nevertheless in some versions... And really what he's saying here is like these things that you're doing, these are great. These are great. I'm not saying that they're not good. But there's an important thing that you're missing. There's something really important that you're missing. And that is your first love. You've forsaken your first love. Obviously the first love being Jesus. 
I found in times in my walk in my walk with God that I've just been so focused on doing and being in the church and doing things that I've forgotten about the loving relationship that I'm meant to have with God. I've forgotten the reason why I started doing and being part of the church in the first place. So I've got five things I just want to go through this morning about what we can do to help us not forsake our first love. Okay, so um, there's four, sorry, five things, yes, that I've got. So the first point number one is remember who you are in him. Remember who you are in him. It is possible to have such a strong focus on what we do for God that we forget who we are in him. We need to make sure that what we do does not take away the focus of who we are in him. Um, I love Greg. We've been married for just over four years now. Um, We met back in 2015 on a missions trip. And when I first met him, I kept on talking about it to everybody. My friends, I was like, I've met this great guy. I've been been wanting to meet someone for a while now and it's finally happening. He's amazing. And I I couldn't shut up about him, really. Um, I just wanted everyone to know about how great Greg was. And, you know, we talked all the time. We texted a lot. He lived in Horsham. I lived in Melbourne. So we phone called a lot. Um, You know, there was a lot of passion and excitement there. Um, (laughs) um, So, but, you know, I actually love Greg more now than I did back then. You know, I love Greg more now than I did back then. That excitement, like, I don't go up to every one of you every Sunday morning and go, oh, Greg is so amazing. (laughs) I just love him so much. I don't do that anymore. But the love that I have for him has grown deeper than it did at first. And so we've got to remember who we are in him. And, you know, it's great. We have this first love and we can't forsake that first love. But we also need to go deeper than the first love that we have with God to begin with when we first know about him. Point number two. So point number one was remember who we are in him. Point number two is prayer. Colossians 4.2 says this, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Prayer has always been a big thing for me. I've never struggled to remember to pray. I actually talk to God throughout my whole day. Constantly I'm talking throughout the whole day. A lot of times we've had sick kids this week. So a lot of my prayers this week is like, please put her to sleep, please put her to sleep. God, God, please. I need some sleep. Um, So, you know, but God doesn't mind. God doesn't mind what we're praying. He just wants us to talk to him. It's conversation. And, you know, Maya at the moment, she's just turned two and she'll come up to me and she's like, Mummy, like, yes, Maya. (laughs) I don't understand a word that she's saying. But it melts my heart that she's coming up to me like, Mummy, I want to talk to you. I want to be with you, you know. Um, And that's God. It melts God's heart when we stop and spend time to talk to him and be with him. It's really important that we do that. Point number three is reading the word. Uh, Last week, Pastor Rachel shared this um, verse that really stood out to me. It was Psalm 1-2. And it says, but those... Delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on, his, on this law day and night. Also in Joshua 1.8 says, 
Keep the book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so you may always be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Reading the word is important. And we actually, I feel like as a church we talk about this nearly every week. We talk about spending time with God and reading in the word nearly every week. Um, and honestly, we're not going to stop because it's so important. It is so important that we're reading the word, we're being in the word, and we're, and we're talking with God. Um, you know, it's, I find when I stop and I read the word and I, I spend time with him, I feel so much more refreshed. I feel encouraged. I generally feel challenged to be better. Um, but I also feel like that my faith grows and I have strength in my relationship with God. And a lot of the time... I feel like no matter what gets thrown throughout the day, if I've spent some really good time with God in the morning, I can't be shaken. It takes a lot to shake me because the, there's this, the strength and the faith in there because I remember the things that I read earlier that morning. So it's really important that we're in the Word. Um, both of these verses in Psalm 1 and Joshua 1.8 talks about morning and nights. Um, Pastor Rachel mentioned it last week. It, it's so we need to be um, challenged to sometimes be in the word morning and night for the first thing that we read in the morning and the last thing we read at night. Um, for me, Alison generally wakes up early, so sometimes it is just a verse. I read the verse of the day, and at night time it might be digging in deeper, you know, but it, that doesn't matter. But you just got to be in the word. All right, point number four. Point number four is putting theology and love together. As mentioned before, reading the word is important. We need to, um, but we also need to know as Christians what we believe and why we believe it. We need to know the word, the word of God and what the word God says about things. Um, The Emphasis Church, um, they were a doctrinally pure church. What do I mean about that? That's a big word. Uh, It means they had really good theology. They knew what they believed and why they believed it and they knew the real true truth of Jesus. Um, But, however, it is possible to be so focused on being doctrinary pure that you start to become cold, suspicious and intolerant of diversity. You need... Don't hear me saying that theology is not important. I love theology. Uh, I went to Bible college because I wanted to really get into the Word. I love, I used to love going to things like Row to be able to dig deeper in the Word and know what it's saying, right? So theology is important, but we've got to do it with love. God is love, isn't he not? So we need to make sure that when we're going in to digging deep into the Word, we've also got the love of God there with, with us. Theology without love is cold, but love without theology is, is not there. You know, we need, we need the both. They work together. All right, my last point for today, point number five is not fearing man. In the, my um, senior years of high school, as I mentioned before, it was about 16 that I became a Christian. And around 17, year 11, year 12, um, I, you know, as I mentioned, I was so passionate about God and my friends didn't quite understand why I wasn't doing the things that they wanted to do anymore, why I wasn't going out partying and doing those things Um, and they didn't quite understand that. There was a group 
in my school as well, I think there's especially year 12, who hated Christians. They hated Christians. They would say, I hate Christians. And if you said you were a Christian, they will go after you. And they did that to me. And um, most of the times I would rock up to school and I'd have permanent marker written over my locker saying, God hates you. God hates you all the time. You know, my bag taken off me and things thrown out. It was bullying. It was just literally bullying. But you know what? I actually didn't faze me because I served a God bigger than what they were doing. And I was just like, that doesn't matter what you're doing. Like, it's nothing because I've got Jesus. I've got Jesus and that doesn't matter. But I find in the last couple of years that fear of man has started creeping in, especially since becoming a mum. I started fearing for my children. And that fear of man started coming in. I'm like, what if I say that I'm a Christian, if I say what I believe here, what are other people going to do? But do you know what? When we fear man, we're not fearing God. And we, we, we've been told to fear God. So we need to make sure that we're not fearing God. Uh, we're not fearing man, but we are fearing God and putting the fear of God and the love of God above all else. So um, can I just get the band up, please? So in closing this morning, um, I'm going to just do a quick recap of what um, we've spoken about. So um, have you forgotten your first love? I want to put that challenge out to you. Have a think about when you first came to Jesus, when you first learned about the love of God, where are you at with God now? Do you feel like you're more in love with God now than you than you did at first? Or do you feel like maybe you're a little bit dry? To make sure that we're remembering our first love and we've got that, we need to, one, as the, the five points I, mem- I mentioned before is, one, we need to remember who we are in him. Understanding what we do is not any more important than who we are in him. Who we are in him is the utmost importance. We need to, two, be in prayer. We need to keep praying, keep in conversation with God. We need to three, we need to be in his word, constantly reading. Four, theology and love go together. We need to be looking into why, what we believe and why we believe it and do it with the love of God. And five, fear of man. Making sure that we fear God more than what we fear man and not letting the fear of man come in. This morning we um we're gonna get we're gonna finish off with a time of worship. And while we're finishing up with a time of worship, I'm gonna put those questions back out to you before is where are you at now? Where is your relationship with God at now? If you are saying, Hey Rhiannon, I'm actually more in love with Jesus now than I did at first, fantastic. When we go in this time of worship, I want you to really go after it and really press into God and worship Him. But if you're saying, Rihanna, I'm actually feeling a bit dry. I think I've forgotten my first love and I need to come back to it. Can I encourage you, take this moment this morning to go back to God. Remember your first love. Remember that He loves you so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you because He just loves you so much. 
And I'm going to, I just want to ask you, those who maybe here for a first time or have been here a few times, and you say, look, Rhiannon, I actually don't know about this love of God, but I'm interested. I'm feeling something in my heart that I've never felt before, and I feel like maybe God's saying that, that He's real and that He loves me. You feel like you've never had Jesus in your life and you want that relationship with God. I'm just going to ask you all right now to close your eyes and bow your heads. And if you would like a relationship with God, if you would like to meet Jesus and know the true love of God right now, I'm just going to ask you with nobody looking around, if you can just raise your hands and I'll see it and I'll just be able to pray for you anyone this morning that just feels like they just need that prayer I see that hand, thank you thank you God it's not too late, if God's knocking on your heart saying invite me in just raise your hand great, awesome God we thank you so much for this morning we thank you so much for our teenagers that have had the courage and boldness to come up and share what you've put on their heart. And God, I thank you so much that you are you just you're here with us and helping us grow back into that first love. And this morning we just lift you up and we thank you so much for everything. Um, for those that raise their hands, if you want to come see me after afterwards, um, I've got a book that I love to give you. I've got a gift. Um, this is the Word of God, and it's a way that you'd be able to read um, and get into the Word of God and know more about Him. And I love to just be able to pray with you personally. So, church, um, let's just get in a time of worship. We're going to sing and worship and just really just lift up our praise and honour to God. Worship.